So last week we spoke about growing. If you were listening online last week, you would have, um, you would have seen or heard that. Um, and for these next three weeks, over the weeks of next week, we'll also be celebrating someone becoming a partner. And, you know, God willing, um, Ellie will also be being baptised in church here next week. So that's really exciting as well. And there's a few other people in the pipeline that are also wanting to become partners that we're working with. Isn't it amazing how God grows his church? Seriously. You know, I, I, you sometimes think, how, how does that keep happening, that God keeps speaking to people and moving people you know, and are we worthy? No, we're not, but God is. And as we all get together, that's how it happens. So for three weeks, we're talking about partnership in the body of Christ. And each week, we've been celebrating new people becoming part of One Hope. And so what we decided to do for these three weeks is have a look at partnership in the body. What, you know, what occurs in the body or when you partner with the body of Christ, what takes place as you partner with others in God's call? Uh, whether you've been here, like whether you've just become a partner, you've been here for a little while, or whether you've been here since the inception of One Hope Community Church or what was One Turner Christian Community Church, it's true for us all to recognise what happens when, we, um, when we're part of that community. I also spoke last week a little bit about um, why we call it partnership and not membership. If you were listening, if you were online and you were part of that service, you might remember the examples, the you know, difference between a, a member or a partner, that you know, a partner has skin in the game when things when things need to happen and, and carries the call or carries the the charge of what needs to happen. That as a partner you invest and you don't just sit on the sidelines receiving the benefits of membership. <clears throat> And I use Costco and the BMW Motor Club and, and a few different examples. And I mentioned the three things that happen when we do have skin in the game, when we do partner, when we do invest in the body of Christ, that, that we grow, that uh, the church, the body of Christ is a place of growing, um, that we give, that it's a place of giving, and that it's a place of going, that we go. Growing, giving and going. And last week we looked at growing. When we partner, we, we make a choice to grow. We put ourselves in, a, in soil, in a context where we grow. And that, that happens for ourselves. You, know, you know, when you come to, to life group, when you meet up with a, a grow group or when you're in a church service or a context of the family, you, know, you grow yourself. You might grow by being inspired by someone recommending a book or someone sharing something that God's done in their life, or you might do a Bible study together. It happens for ourselves. We grow in our understanding of God. We grow more in our understanding of ourselves when we interact with others and God's call on our lives. We're challenged for God's call in our lives. We grow in character, and Peter talked about that, doesn't he? He said, when our character growth, you know that scripture, he says, add to your goodness, self-control, self-control, knowledge, etc. When your character grows, when your character growth is increasing, we increase in our knowledge of God. And that's really important. Because we're a part of God's plan to grow others around us as well. It's not just being part of the family, so I grow. It's now I'm a part of how you grow. I'm a part of um, how you get to understand God's call in your life, how you get to understand who you are. And I'm committed to that. And as someone that has skin in the game and is invested as a partner, I'm committed to that. And it matters because we're investing in the growth in the body for a purpose, 
for God's purpose. And that leads to that third thing I talked about last week. The third way we grow, we grow in our mission to build the kingdom of God, God's mission. We grow in understanding of that. This week I want to go to the second word. I want to talk about giving. The body is a place of giving. And when we partner, we become givers. And so I just want to read a, um, so, <clears throat> uh, our text out of Romans 12. Um, it'll probably be up on the screen as well, but I invite you to open your Bibles or your phones or whatever as well to have a look at it. Reading from Romans 12, the first eight verses. Now, when I wanted to speak on giving, there are a plethora. There's, there's any number of scriptures I could go to, but this is a wonderful scripture where Paul talks about giving. Paul has just spent in the bulk of Romans talking about the wonders of salvation, the wonders of what Christ has done, and the amazing privilege it is for us to be, have, to be a part of that. And then he starts off in Romans 12. He says, So I appeal to you, therefore, verse 1, read with me. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you might discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and what is perfect. What an introduction. What a challenge, huh? You know. And then he goes on, For, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God assigned. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members don't all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, <clears throat> having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts, or that could read encourages or disciples, in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. And so far, our reading today. We're talking about giving. And now often when a preacher says that he's going to talk about giving, your thoughts go straight to dollars. You know, when a pastor or a preacher and you get these guys online that, you know, we're talking about giving, you instantly think, oh, I know where this is going. And fair enough, because often it's true and often that is what does happen. And so for full disclosure, uh, we will include it. But we're not just talking about that. Because giving is so much more than that. If we want to talk about partnership and in a church is a place of giving, it's so much more than dollars. It's multifaceted, it has lots of expressions and lots of ways it manifests itself. And every one of them is critical for the body. There isn't one that's less or more necessary or important or godly or they're all critical for the body. And Paul reminds us, doesn't he, right at the start, in that intro into Romans 12, he reminds us that it's sacrificial, giving costs. And I think we all kind of know that intuitively, just that our humanness bucks against it when it actually starts to happen. Now, I believe that God builds our church. 
Uh, and I'm talking about one hope here, but the church, definitely, but I'm talking about one hope, that God builds our church. And partnership is no accident. God knows exactly what gifts are needed for One Hope Community Church to do what he's called us to do. God, I, I don't. Leadership doesn't. We have a bit of an idea. And we, you know, but God knows exactly what gifts are needed. So he gathers those gifts and he calls us to use them and keep using them generously. He gathers them in. So when we get new partners or if you've been around for a while and give it, he's the one that's brought them in and he calls us to use them and keep using them generously. And if God's going to send us on a mission, a really important one, a mission with eternal consequences, then we're going to need all the tools in the toolbox. And each one needs to be used. And so it's really important to understand that the gifts are brought, the gifts, are the things that God brings into the body, that they're all essential and all necessary. And Paul does that, doesn't he? He starts in verse 3, he says, he's talking to everyone, and that's important. He says, I'm talking to everybody. I say to everyone. You know, I said before, he spent time in Romans laying out the rich truth of salvation for those who believe. But he knows in order for us to take that truth, the rich truth of salvation, the the, the freedom that we have now, the, the freedom to serve and the freedom to be who God called us to be, in order to take that truth out of ourselves, out of our own understanding, and to make it real for those that we encounter, remember that's we're called to, to grow in growing the kingdom of God, to make that salvation real for those that we encounter, not just ourselves, we must live lives of sacrifice. That's the only way it works. Offering ourselves to God for his kingdom purpose. And those first two verses really do challenge us. And those first two verses pretty much challenge everything we hold dear in the secular world, don't they? Those two verses are counterintuitive to everything that we would be told in the secular world. And I might add sometimes in the church a bit as well. And yet it's an ideal preface to this next section where he talks about gifts and serving. And to summarise those next few verses in easy language, Paul's saying, as you surrender and follow Christ and not the world, see yourself rightly. Get the right picture of yourself. You're not better or more needed than any others. We all have different functions and gift sets, but they're all necessary to bring glory to God as the body of Christ. Make sure you use them. And he says that, doesn't he? Make sure you use them. And then he explains what some of them are, doesn't he? But the key theme is use them. You know, make sure you've got them, use them. That's serving, teaching, encouraging, which, you know, he, he talks about, uses the word there, exhorting in other, um, in, in other translations that might be uh, encouraging or we, we, we might use that as we might use the word discipleship contributing generously and here he is talking about dollars leading uh, caring having mercy and they're just some of the examples there's, there's you know paul doesn't lay out this exhaustive gifts of a uh, uh, list of gifts that are in the body they're just some examples you know, in 1 Peter 4 verse 10, it's like these guys are reading off the same um, song sheet. 1 Peter 4 verse 10, and you might remember we, talk, we, did, we did Peter a little while ago. And as each has received a gift, use it 
to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Think about that, varied grace. Wait a minute, don't we all have the same grace? He's talking about the grace of the gifts that we're given. You know, that God's grace in giving us gifts, that's varied, but use them as you've given them. And, and, in Paul, and, in, and Paul says, or in Romans, he says, we're supposed to do it willingly and with excellence. He uses words like zeal. We don't use that word very much nowadays, but it's a really powerful word. You know, serve with zeal. You know, do it with excellence. Generosity. He uses word, expressive words like generously give, cheerfulness, considering it a privilege. The message is, when you partner with the body, it will require giving. And not only that, you're actually called to give what you have. And we know from, we're taught in Sunday school that we all have gifts. So there's no one that doesn't, you, there's no one can sit there and say, well, I didn't get any gifts when God was handing them out. We know that that's not true. We know that the word tells us that we all have gifts. And maybe not, you know, maybe you're the one person in the world that only has one gift. It could be a huge one, but we know that we have gifts that God has given us. And God has a unique call for the church, the body of Christ. And when I think of one hope, God sees one hope. And he sees the mission that he's given us. He sees what we have in the toolbox. And he sees what we need. And then he practically builds our body, one hope, with all the tools to do what we're supposed to do. And all the tools to go where we're supposed to go. You've got to believe that. That's what God's doing when he's bringing the church together. He knows what he's called us to do. As leadership, we often pray and we ask God to show us, you know, which, what, where are you leading us as a church? He knows, and he knows what we're going to need to get there practically and how to get there. And he builds the church with the gifts. That's really important to know. You know, we can go out and we can recruit you know, in business, that's what we do. We re- recruit the right gifts. We could go out as a church and recruit people with the right gifts. But the Bible says that he builds his church. He practically builds our body with all the tools to do what we're supposed to do and to go where we're supposed to go. The very definition of partnership is a dynamic, active, contributing commitment. I did say this was going to be a practical theme, didn't I, for a couple of weeks. So this is really practical, isn't it? And sometimes people ask the question, do, do we have to do our, our giving and serving in the body of Christ? As Christians, do we have to do it in the body of Christ? You know, I've got these gifts. Do I have to use them here? Because I use them in other places. Like, I give at lots of other places. You know, I serve at other places. And, you know, I, yeah. Is it, is it necessary? Well, it's true, we do. You know, um, we do serve and give as Christians in many other places. And <clears throat> some of the things that come to mind is, you know, I know that many people serve at our soccer club. Knox Church's soccer club is a place where people give their gifts and serve and from a, from a motivation of God calling them. Um, I can think of Hope Builders International, the, the work we do there. Um, community clubs, and you might think of ideas where you give or, or places that you're giving. However, those are really good things and that's important. But I believe that the primary way we're called to give and serve with the gifts that God's given us as followers of Christ and for the kingdom mission is in, to and through the body of Christ. 
Let me just say that again because that was a, I wrote that a little bit long, didn't I? Basically, I'm summarising saying, I believe that the primary way or place that we're supposed to give is in, to and through the body of Christ. I think... No, actually, I know the word says that is God's design. Organisations, other organisations, parachurch organisations, um, all of those sorts of things, they're all really good and they're great places to contribute our gifts. But God's call to disciple the nations was first and foremost to his body, the church. He called the church to go out and make disciples. And so that's where we're supposed to give our gifts. In any context, wherever you give, it's important that we serve and give because it contributes to and it causes the church to glorify God. In the church, when you give, it causes the church to bring glory to God because when we do what we're supposed to do, whether that's as individuals or whether that's as a community, that brings glory to God. That points to his goodness, his greatness, and and his grace and the way that he grew us. And it's also an act of worship, and that's what the body's called to do. When we give, it's an act of worship. And it's for a purpose that's beyond us. When you give, when you give something away, it's no longer just for you, it's for a purpose beyond us. And Paul says in Ephesians, doesn't he, that that's what we were created for. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, um, what does he say there in 2 verse 10? For we're his workmanship... And this is, we all know this, and we had to repeat this in youth group and, and all that, some of you might remember. Where his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's other language for use them, that we're supposed to use them. Now, before we begin to see this as a bit of a hard message or a wrap over the knuckles or one of Andrew's kind of come on guys messages, and there's a bit of that in there. I want to say this. I want to say that I think One Hope Community Church is a pretty good example of a giving body. I think it's important to say that. And we hear that when people come and join and people become partners. And I think it's true and I think it's okay for us to know that. I'm th- and pondering about it in the office, I thought, you know, I reckon we're actually a pretty good example of that. And I'd even venture to say that we excel in giving in many areas, and many, if not most, of our people do. If I look at Paul's list and and other lists in the Bible, I, I think we do okay. Would you agree? Having said that, none of the coaches amongst us would say, well, the team's doing okay, we won that game, so relax, no need to train, no need to improve or grow. How many coaches would do that? Scouty? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Scouty's thinking of his team right now. You know, the team might be doing really good and, and might be winning all the time and, and every player is doing exactly what they're supposed to do. But the coach never says, oh, kick back, guys. Cruise. You don't need to work. You don't need to improve. You don't need to do any better. So I think the One Hope does really well, but it's important for us to continue to be challenged to learn what it means. It's always good to be reminded. It's always good to seek improvement and to expand. It's true for us at One Hope. God calls us to continue to serve and give. As we look at the journey of One Hope, and some of you know the greater journey, over the years, 
God has, and he continues to steadily lead us to greater and expanded work for the kingdom. Think of our vision for Cavell Corner and for the things that he's called us into. Community connections, uh, the, the soccer club, the school here and everything. And as he continues to, and as he has continued and does continue to call one hope into more and more, it requires greater sacrifice. And it requires greater and expanded giving. But God doesn't leave us alone to work it out. Where he leads, he calls. And that's what I love about partnership. And that's what I love when I see people come into the community. You know, sometimes we can say, well, he's leading us into this. How are we going to do that? And in God behind the scenes, he brings in those. He brings in the gifts. Or maybe he unearths gifts in those of us that have been around for a while. Where he leads, he calls, he provides and helps by leading gifted people to partner with us and calling them to give. And every time we gather together as a community, we see it. You know, right now we've got a table full of people giving there, Keep getting us online, making the sound work. Uh, over across the way there, we've got people giving, keeping our kids, um, giving our kids education of who God is and making them feel and know that they're part of the body. We have new partners coming in. We have a care team that we just prayed about. We have new leaders coming on and saying, I've, I've got that. I've... I've I've got some gifts and I'm willing to give them and so much more. But he's also calling the long-term as us that have been here for a while to look at the way we give and, and perhaps adjust. Are there new or different ways we might be called or able to give? Are there new or expanded areas we could grow in to serve that we hadn't done before? How do we continue to give so that the work of the kingdom grows? Or as can happen, sometimes, you know, we've slowed a little bit. Maybe you haven't been serving or giving for a while. We've slowed a bit and you've stepped back a little bit or you're not really sure where or how to give or, or how to serve. Or you're new and you're not quite sure where you might be needed or where you can contribute. And then at times we need to be helped to understand what our gifts are, you know, and there are lots of ways to do that, isn't there? You know, we could read books, there's courses, gift courses you can do. But you know, one of the basic and most, and probably one of the, the most reliable ways to discover what your gifts are, if, you, if you're wondering, ask somebody. You know, now that's not so cool, we don't do that so much. You don't walk up to people casually after church and say, hey, what am I good at? Do you? But that's one of the most reliable ways because people see you, people observe, and they say, well, and they'll tell other people, oh, such and such, they're really good at that. If you want to know a little bit more about what you're good at or what people think you're good at or where they see you shine, ask them. And as a community of Christ, as a, as a family, as, as people that follow God together, knowing that we're here because we're supposed to give, that should be the, this should be the easiest place in the world to do that. And it should not be embarrassing to be able to do that, to go up and say, hey, listen, what do you think I'm good at? Sometimes we need to do that to understand what we're good at. At One Hope, there are so many ways to serve and give. <laughs> We've compiled a list. Phil's been really busy and there's an A4 sheet of a list of serving opportunities in our church and how you can get started. And you're all going to get that. We have a table after the church and where you can get one of those things. But we want to be practical and there's a few people with some examples. So I wanted, I asked three people to come up and share this morning. Um, 
that Jackie, Phil and Peyton, and they're all just going to take, each of them is going to take a couple of moments just to share a few, and it's certainly not exhaustive, but a few ways that you could step in, a few needs or ways that you could give and serve. So do you guys want to come up and I'll get the microphone? Hi, everyone. Um, I think that you all know that I'm the admin worker here at church. Um, so when I think about giving, it's often very practical and roster-based, unfortunately, for all of you. But um, I just want you to have a look around this room and cast your mind back to 8am this morning. This room was dark and cold and empty. Um, and from about 8.15, possibly even earlier... There were people turning up and transforming it into the really um, welcoming, warm, great place to be that it is right now. Um, so that's people setting up the sound, um, musicians bringing along their instruments and getting it all ready on the stage, um, people setting up the chairs. Normally we'd be having coffee, so... Um, you know, after-service coffee, getting all that ready. The pre-service coffee people get all that ready. And then um, once church starts, then we've um, got a Bible reader. There's um, someone at the door ready to welcome people as they walk into church. You know, and all of this stuff, um, when we turn up at 10 o'clock, all of this stuff has been happening um, all morning. And um, it's people serving. And I'm the person who does the roster. I'm putting a new one out this week. So if you think to yourself, oh, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I actually think I'd be great at wel welcoming people as they walk into church or I, I can read the Bible, I'm happy to do that. Or, you know what, I'm great at baking, I'm happy to start helping out with providing food after the service or whatever it is, um, I'll be up the back after the service and give me a yell. So I work here as a youth worker and I've been up here a few times. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been up here a few times asking or inviting people to serve alongside me in youth and breakfast club. And we have a new ministry that we're getting up and running, which is like a youth drop-in centre for boys in the community. Um, I started coming to this church and I had no passion or idea of what serving would be and it was like a year and a half after being here when Joel Poppenbeck invited me on youth camp and I was like oh like kids unsure didn't really like kids that much and but I was free I, I, I was free I could go so I said yep yeah, I'll go and then at the end of that camp he was like cool so we'll see you next Friday and I was like oh, okay okay I didn't want to, I felt too like shy to say no. So I was like, yeah, I'll come. <laughs> and I turned up there and I've been going every Friday. And since then, God has worked in my life in ways I can't even explain to bring me to the point where now I work here in youth. I'm studying youth work. And I, if I'm being honest, like the three top things I care about in my life, Jesus, my mum and the kids that come here on Fridays. I have a passion that I, and a love that wasn't mine, did not come from me, that God has worked in me and brought and put in my heart when I had no idea that it was, I did not know that that's where my life was going to go. And all it took was me to say, yes, I'll come because I'm free, because I can. 
And I just want to encourage you that maybe it isn't an obvious calling, that maybe being a youth leader or serving at breakfast club or joining our drop-in centre, it might not be like, yes, that's definitely what I want to do or I've been feel like God's telling me that, that might not be it. Maybe you're just free on Friday nights or you feel like you have a devotion you can share. Like it might be something small like that. And I just really want to encourage you to say yes and see where God will work in that space. Um, We've spoken a lot, everyone up here has talked about that we're a family here at One Hope and we are and we're an amazing family. And for me with Youth and Breakfast Club and the Dropping Centre, I've said it here before, there's... In the newsletter, there's like three things in a row that's like, if you can help, message Peyton. And that's what this is. This is me now saying, we need help. There's ministries, there's people that will miss out if we can't serve them. We have a youth group, a small group of girls who show up every Friday and want to learn. And we don't want to, like, I don't want to say, oh, sorry, we don't have a leader for you. Like, that's not what family is. Family help and family love each other, even if an even if it isn't something that you're like 100% yes, I want to get up early and serve at breakfast club. Like I don't love getting up at 6.30. No one really does. But I do it because I can and God has placed us in this community in a school that has asked for our help and I'm capable of serving. So I just really want to encourage you that if you can, if it's something you can do, even if it isn't something that you're super, super passionate about yet, that you just say yes and take that step and see where God works in that situation. Um, I'm going to start by talking about a poster on my toilet wall and you might be going, what on earth is she talking about? Okay, I've had this poster on my wall for many, many years now and it has the the word Jesus in the centre and then around it, it's got um, different names or attributes of Jesus. Um, Things like companion of sinners, compassionate healer, the way, friend, embracer of children and reconciler. And I look at that many times, obviously, go to the toilet quite regularly. (laughs) And I have it there for a reason, to remind myself of who Jesus is and what he's like. Now, these might be familiar concepts to us who... Um, are in the church or who have grown up in the church. Um, That might be a reality for us and hopefully it is. Um, But there are many people, you know, in the community directly around us that may not have any knowledge or understanding that Jesus is those things. Um, And we have an opportunity to help people understand that Jesus is these things and he's these things to them. He's a friend, he's a reconciler and he is the way. So as Christians, we're called to make followers of Christ, not just the pastor, the youth worker, the administrator, uh, people who work for the church, but all of us, all of us in the body of Christ. And as we've been talking about, there's a place for you to use your gifts, whether that's administration, cooking meals, maybe teaching someone how to cook a meal, uh, whether that's driving someone to a medical appointment, helping someone with budgeting, so they can get themselves and maybe their family out of debt uh, or just to have, you know, a better um, way to provide for themselves and their family, Uh, visiting the sick, visiting the lonely, or maybe providing a safe space for youth to gather. So 
Um, we're just going to go to the next slide. Just got a couple of quick slides here uh, in relation to community connections, things that you as the church can be involved in. Sorry, the writing's a little bit small there. Um, but we will be having these uh, given to you anyway on a poster, as we said before. So a few, few practical things. So maybe you can teach or assist with the CAP money course um, to adults. Potentially, even in this high school, there might be an opportunity. Um, or provide budgeting coaching. Okay, you don't need to be, um, you know, someone who necessarily gets up the front and leads something or speaks. Maybe you're a one-on-one -on -one person. We need accountants. We need bookkeepers. We need people with all different skills. Um, you could volunteer at the Knox Church of Soccer Club. And for those who don't know, there's actually also a, cr a cricket club uh, in the summer months. Um, there's many families that come along to that. Um, I'm not going to read through every single thing, but maybe it's transporting people to, to appointments. We'll go to the next slide. Um, providing meals, as I said before. Breakfast club. Uh, uh, helping out with Caval Kitchen or Coffee Plus. And maybe it's just as something maybe as little or as important as just encouraging someone, writing a note to them, giving them a phone call, giving them a text. So these are some practical opportunities. Um, and yet at the same time, they can make a world of difference to someone who doesn't know Christ yet or is on the journey to knowing Christ. Thanks, guys. <clears throat> so, um, as I said, there is so much more than what they've just shared up the front here, and um, there will be... I don't know where the table... There it is. There's a table there, and they'll be there, but there's also... We've got, uh, please take an A4 sheet... And it, it gives you some ideas. And look, you know, if you can't think of anything right now, then have a look at it, pray over it in a week and say, look, you know, I've got a couple of hours that I could actually, I could actually do that. And, and maybe that's something I could do. That's practical giving. And um, I think that's part of the family. Hang in there because I did say that I was going to talk about dollars too, didn't I? And that's an important, that is an important part of giving. Giving dollars is also important. We, we are lucky to live in a country where most of us are well off. God's blessed us. And so we all have the capacity and the call to give back to God for his work. There are lots of ways that you can do this, you know, and that's important that you and God, um, that, that this is something between you and God. There's no one outside can, can tell you what or where or how you should give. And there are lots of levels and lots of discussions in churches around is the tithe the 10% and should I tithe or what's tithes and offerings. And, and you've probably sat through some of those sermons. You know, what's a, what's a prescribed thing? What should I do? And, and I'm not here to talk about that today. But when we're called to partner with the local expression of God's body, I do believe that we are called to prioritise our giving somewhat there in the body of Christ. To ensure that we can carry out the ministry that he asks of us, that's how we have skin in the game as well, isn't it? Hey, this is what he calls us to do. Let's make sure that we can do that. And the word, he call, the word calls us to give cheerf, cheerfully and generously. Now, I'm full disclosure here, that isn't my default mode. What about you? You know, I don't easily sort of, you know, feel like, wow, I'm so excited to give a hundred bucks. I'm so excited to give a thousand dollars here. But actually the word says I should be. 
I should be. I should think, wow, what a privilege. This is the the, the family of God. This is a a place that God's called me to serve and give. This is what God is doing. This is the kingdom growing. How cool is it that I get to contribute to that? I've got some work to do, obviously, in that area. And I think sometimes we all do. Dollars is one of the hardest things to speak about up front in a church. Why is that? Well, because we're all pretty attached to them, aren't we? We're all pretty attached to dollars. We, and uh, when we talk about that, we take that personally. We say, oh, you, know, you can't talk to me about that. You know, and let's be really honest, because the Bible is, it has power, doesn't it? And that's why it's hard to talk about. And I realise that I'm not immune to that either. So it is important when we talk about giving that we talk about that as well, as well, our resources. We see financial giving here at One Hope as pretty important to do right and to do well. And we approach it in a way that I believe, I think we all understand that I definitely believe that makes sense when we talk about partnering. Now it makes sense why partnering and membership are two different things. So how do we do financial giving at One Hope? And again, I want to be practical today. And we've had some questions at our Welcome to One Hope lunches. So how does the giving work? You know, um, how does that work? We have a unique way of doing it here. For example, this week in our leadership team, we went through the annual financial statements. And so most places you would make up a budget for next year. We don't call it a budget. We call it a ministry statement. Think about that. It's a statement of the ministry that we feel God's called us to do. We call it a ministry statement. This is what we're going to do. It's not a budget. Because it says, it's a statement saying, this is what we're going to need to do the things that we feel that God has called us to do this year with everybody that we have in there. And so what does that mean for you as a partner? What does it mean for you as someone who comes here regularly? We have a pledge system, and some people have asked about how does that pledge system work? You know, I've never seen that before. And, um, you know, very soon, within the next month, you, you're going to get one of these again. It's called My Pledge Pack. And those of you that have been around here for a while know that. And we do this really intentionally because it's another part of how we give. We sort of say, okay, if this is what it's going to take to do what God has called us to do, if this is a, then my pledge is this is how I'm going to contribute to that this year. And so you've got to pray about it. You've got to think about it. Given there, there's the dollars thing again, the cheerfulness and everything. Ugh. You know, as you open that and you read in there. But we do that intentionally because we believe that it takes all of us to put our shoulder to the wheel. There isn't a magical pot somewhere that just appears where the money comes from so that we can do the things we do. We know that every one of us sitting here is a part of that. So every one of us deserves to get one of these. Now, it's not legalistic circumstances change in your life and things uh, don't always go the way it's planned so we don't race around calling up people a week afterwards and say what you pledged you know that's not how it works because the word pledge isn't so that i have power the word pledge is so that you make a statement this is my pledge and this is what i'm going to do to partner with the body so that's why we do it that way and that's how god has resourced us and God uses you and uses me to build his kingdom through that so that we can achieve what God has called us to do. So in a month or so, you're going to get that again. So that makes a whole lot of sense. But we're always happy to talk about that as well 
Because we believe that serving and giving our gifts is important, but we've always been very upfront here about serving and giving with our resources and money as well. I did say it would be practical, didn't I? So giving and serving is a key part of being part of the body of Christ. It's a mature part. But here's a small note that I want to add in. You're not giving or serving us. You know, I'm not giving or serving us. You're giving and serving God. That's really important to know. We didn't give you these gifts. We didn't give you that time. We didn't give you that skill. We didn't give you that money or resource. God did. And so when you're giving it, you're giving it to God. When you're serving, when you're doing something, when you're signing up for something, you're signing up for God. You're not doing one hope a favour. You know, I'm, I'm not suggesting we think, but you, know, you can get caught in that sometimes. You know? I do. So I think, wow, you know, I've done a fair bit this week. You know, they, they should be pretty... I mean, I never say that out loud. Am I the only one that thinks like that? No, I don't think so. That's why everybody laughs. Because we kind of get it, but we're giving to God. And God definitely appreciates the words full of the, the fact that God, you know, enjoys it when we serve and give. Because he intends for you to use it for his kingdom. And that's what One Hope's doing. We're not building our kingdom. You know, we welcome people in and we pray for them. And when people leave, we do exactly the same. Not with malice, but because we believe that God's called them to another part of the kingdom to give and serve. And we can rejoice with them because of that. Our best example and our best model for giving is Jesus, isn't it? <laughs> you can't outgive Jesus. You can try, but we cannot. He's the one who outgave and he outgives us all. He's the reason that you can even consider, that we can even consider giving ourselves. He lived a life on earth of giving and serving. He gave up his privilege. He gave up his place at his father's side. He gave himself and he served the disciples. He served children. He served the oppressed and, and the poor and the forsaken and the widows. And ultimately he served us, me and you. He gave way more than we might ever, ever be asked to give. He gave his life. And he did it freely and generously because he knew that it would achieve something supernatural, something magnificent and something eternal. And it would achieve that relationship with us being restored with the Father. His giving and serving paved the way for the kingdom of God to even begin to take hold here on earth that we now celebrate. Starting with a few people, right up today with us, the body of Christ, which is made up of individuals with all kinds of different gifts, you and I, all wonderfully and diversely gifted, causing us to bring his kingdom to bear on the whole earth. What a joy. What a privilege it is to give. What a privilege it is to partner with the body of Christ and with God in what he plans to do with the world. He's already done it in our life and we get to do that out there. Isn't that what a privilege, what a joy. That's how you can give and serve joyfully. That's how you can give your finances joyfully. Because for something way bigger than ourselves. That's partnership. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for your word this week. We just want to acknowledge that there is so much for us to learn always. But the grace and the goodness of you to, to reveal yourself to us time and time again in new ways, in ways that might remind us, in ways that draw us out of ourselves and towards you and into the lives of others. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for the church family. Thank you that you continue to grow it and call it to be what it's called to be. That you know exactly what One Hope looks like and what One Hope is going to look like and what we need as a community. And you're the provider. And you do that through us. Lord, I pray for myself and for each one of us that we will be found willing to give and to be part of your kingdom coming on earth through the work of One Hope here. Whatever it is, Lord, whether we've been wandering around for a long time and, and not sure what to do or whether we've been a bit obstinate and, and Lord, that's me sometimes, I'm a bit stubborn, I don't want to do any more or I want to keep my time for myself or whatever it is, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to see what it means for us to be part of your body here and that we're serving you and bringing glory to you, worship to you by what we do. And so we thank you, Jesus, for being the giver above all givers. The one that gave more than we could ever imagine. So that we could give the things that we can imagine. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you that our identity is not as a people that are giving, but as people that belong to you. Your kids, your children, as loved, cherished, wanted. Lord, I pray that that would continue to be um, the temperature of our heart, that we would continue to serve you in that way. Thank you for the new people that came today. Thank you for the new people that continually come, Lord, that you're doing that. And I pray that we would embrace them as family, love them, that we would grow together, but that we'd also put our shoulders to the wheel and grow your kingdom together too. And we pray these things in through your name. Amen.